podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router. And any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast on Wednesday, the 28th of December. We are back after Christmas. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas with your friends and family. Hope you ate, drank, and were merry. The real business is back, and I say the real business. Won't really be back till Tuesday. This week's going to be a little bit broken. I'm here today. I might be here tomorrow. I'm definitely not here Friday. Uh, we'll see. Won't be here Monday, but I'll try and be here tomorrow. We'll at least get something done. Today, I don't really want to talk about the Premier League games because I haven't seen a couple of them. I've seen the highlights, but not the full games. And those I have seen have been largely terrible. So tomorrow, if I'm here, and I probably will be, in truth, I'll probably be here tomorrow to do this. I'll go over the 10 games then. Today, let's just talk about transfers because it's fun. So thus far, we have basically two deals that are done or as good as done. Actually, we have three to talk about. Um, One was done before Christmas, two have been done since. The one that was done before Christmas is West Ham United signing Luzao from Sao Paulo. Fees believed to be in the region of about 10 million. 20-year-old centre-back, 6-2, has 23 senior appearances, 
under his belt for Sao Paulo. And West Ham seem very, very happy about this signing. Uh, He is not a player I'm very familiar with, I have to say. He's a left-footed centre-back, which makes sense. They've only got one lefty in at the moment in Naif Agard, so it makes sense to get another one as, as cover for him, especially as Agard has had some injury issues this season. And if they have Zuma and Agard with Carrer and Lazau as the backups, that's probably a, a good, strong four-man unit to move forward with for the next couple of years. They've got major issues with their manager right now, I think. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the next Premier League managers to go. But I think this is a clever signing if if he's, you know, if he's decent. We'll see. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers have announced the signing of Matthias Cunha on loan with an obligation to buy. And I think this is a great deal. I think he's a really, really good player. He was really good for Hertha Berlin before he went to Atleti. It's never really clicked for him with Atleti for whatever reason. Simeone is the the main reason because he's just not... Because he's so restrictive of his players and what he allows them to do, I just don't think he was a good manager for someone like Cunha who likes to play sort of off the cuff and to improvise. Same with Joe Felix. They're both really special players. And as good a manager as Simeone is, and I think he's one of the four best in the world, I I, I even have him not fourth on that list, um, and maybe not even second or third. But anyway, um, because he's so restrictive, it just it didn't work. And it's not like he's going to manager now who let him just freelance in Julian Lopetegui. He will want him to play within a structure. But I do feel like at Wolves, with the players they can put around him, you can get more out of him. I think a front three of Neto, Cunha and Guedes could be a lot of fun. Um, you can bring Sasa Kalasic back when he's recovered from the ACL. And maybe it's him and Cunha as a two-man forward uh, pairing with Guedes and, and Nune, uh, Guedes and Neto rather on the wings. Obviously, in a four-three-three, you've got to have some dynamic midfielders, and they have them in Matthias Nunez, who I expect will be back in the team soon, and Bubakar Traore, who looks a real find. Um, they've also got obviously. Ruben Neves to sit in as the six and and kind of dictate the game for them. I think Wolves are going to be fine. I thought they looked pretty good against Everton. Everton looked a shambles, but it's Frank Lampard, so we're not expecting much more. But all things considered, I was uh, was pretty impressed by the first showing of Lopetegui's team and and you know what they can become in the next six months under his watch as we work towards the summer. I don't think they're a team with too many concerns about going down, if I'm being honest. I I think there's enough bad teams in the league that they won't need to worry. Um, Like Southampton look hopeless at the minute. Forest look hopeless. Everton look hopeless. West Ham look hopeless. We'll see how Leeds look tonight, but Bournemouth were awful last night. Leicester were awful against Newcastle. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we look at the table in six weeks and Wolves are sitting you know, 11th or something like that. I just think there's a lot of bad teams in the league at this moment in time. Loads of talent and a lot of good managers, but a lot of bad teams and a lot of bad goalkeepers as well. Um, and the third one is Cody Gakpo, who is signing for Liverpool. And I have done a podcast or two on Anfield Index, and there will be more to come about the Gakpo signing. I think it's good business. I think at the price they've got him at, you know, they've nicked him from under United's nose, which is always, 
always nice. And I think he'll fit well with the group of players they have there. I think he offers something a little bit different to the current crop of Liverpool forwards. And his versatility will come in very, very handy as well. So I think we'll see with Luzau, because obviously I don't know much about the player, but but Cunha and um, Gakpo are, are good signings for Wolves and for Liverpool. I'm sure there's going to be a flurry of transfer activity. We're already seeing uh, Chelsea look like they've got a couple of deals uh, very close to completion. David Datro Fafana um, looks like one. Um, Andre Santos looks like another. They're apparently quite close to securing that deal for Christopher Nkunku. And obviously they're in for Benoit Badi Ashile as well. Now there's a lot of hype and a lot of talk around Enzo Fernandez, and there's a lot of clubs in the mix for him. And it's not surprising. I think he is the best young midfielder in the world. I think he's the one who can be a game changer for pretty much any club. I think he could start for basically any club in the world right now. Real Madrid might be the only one he wouldn't, and that's more because of loyalty to Tony Cruz rather than the direct comparison between the two. He is the ideal Tony Cruz replacement for Real and my assumption is going to be that that's where he ends up. Uh, he's also been linked, obviously, with moves to England. I could definitely see him at Manchester City, him and Rodri as a double pivot, allowing De Bruyne, Foden, Haaland and whoever else, Bernardo likely, to all attack. That would be pretty special. Um, he's been linked to Manchester United. They don't have any money, though. And any report that suggests that they're leading the race I have to take it as a lie because they don't have any money. They are right now cash broke. So I don't know how they'd buy him. And I think the Glazers putting the club for sale was basically the Glazers announcing we're not selling, we're not signing anybody at the moment. Um, Chelsea have been linked, but I've just listed the players Chelsea are trying to sign. And that's about a hundred million well, it's actually more. It's probably about 120 million worth of players, including Nkunku. Add that to the near 300 million they spent in the summer and the fact that Todd Bowley has been borrowing this money and they've got to be nearly maxed out on their credit. So, no, I'm not having that. Um, I could see him ending up at Real. I'd love him to end up at Liverpool, but I think for him to end up at Liverpool, it would be in the summer and it would mean that Bellingham had gone elsewhere which I'm fine with. I'd rather have Enzo than Jude. Um, as great as Jude is is going to be, I think Enzo's a better player now by a wide margin. He's a significantly better passer of the ball. He's levels and levels above defensively. I I just don't think there's a real comparison to be drawn between the two. Jude is not a booby prize by any, by any stretch. He's a, He's going to be a phenomenal player. But right now, and for the next the next three years at least, Enzo will be the better player. And um, I think Liverpool should be trying to maximise the next three to four years. But it is what it is. I hope he ends up at Real Madrid if he doesn't go to Liverpool. Because I'd hate to watch him in the Premier League if it was for somebody else. Uh, but I could definitely see him at City. I really could see him at City. I think he'd fit like a glove into that team. I think him and Rodri would be... It'll be pretty phenomenal together. Um, do you know what? Let's just do gossip because we've got lots of gossip that we haven't done. So let's go over the gossip from Saturday all the way through to today. Oh, Guy is reminding me of things. Dean Smith was sacked by Norwich in the last couple of days. Uh, I said when he was appointed, I thought it was a mistake for him to jump straight from Villa after being sacked into the Norwich job. And it's proven to be a mistake. He has not done a good enough job with Norwich. Now, I have to say, I think that's a very, very appealing championship job right now. Um I would imagine they'll have a lot of interest in that position. 
they currently sit fifth, so they're in the playoffs. Like it's not like they're having a disastrous season, but they've lost their last two games. They haven't looked cohesive. They've lost three of four, and in truth, if you look back, they had a really they, they had a poor start. Lost to Cardiff, drew at Wigan, lost to Hull. Then they won six in a row. Then they drew at West Brom, they beat Blackpool, and then they drew at Reading. So for a nine-game run, that's pretty good. You know, seven wins, two draws. Then they lost three straight to Preston at home, Watford, and Luton. They drew with Sheffield United. They lost to Burnley. So five games, and in truth, six games are to win. And then they seem to rectify things. They beat Stoke. They beat QPR. That's like they drew with QPR. They beat Rotherham. But then they lost to Borough. They beat Swansea. They lost to Blackburn. They lost to Luton. Like, it, 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 it was time. It had to happen, to be fair. It had to happen. There's a lot of talent in the squad. There is a lot of talent in the squad. But new manager coming in has got to make it clear that he's not just going to stick with the same players that have continually let them down and continue continually be put in the team. Um, like, Max Ahrens is a quality right back. And that's, you know, that's a starting point at, at least. Um Omar is a good defender, and I think you can make him a core part of your defence. I'd be looking to play a back five, but it's not, not my call, obviously. Uh, Gabriel Sara looks a player. Aaron Ramsey, younger brother of Jacob Ramsey, looks a real player. Timo Pukki still scores goals at the championship level. You just need not to have him as your starter in the Premier League. Josh Sargent is having a fantastic season. Adam Day will be back. They still have Todd Cantwell who's still a talented player. But all things considered, it just hasn't really clicked for them this season. Now, they had a lot of ins and outs in the summer. Um, Six players arrived, four for the first team, but quite a few left. They did loan out a bunch of players as well. So they seemed to be kind of hedging that they'd go straight back up and then they'd have Solis and Rashika to come back in to be part of a team in the Premier League. Smith was there from the 15th of November last year, took charge of 56 games, but only won 16 of them. 12 draws, 28 defeats. Now, obviously, a lot of those defeats came in the Premier League last season, but it hasn't been good enough. And Norwich in fifth with a good squad, a great, and I do mean great, director of football in Stuart Weber. I think that's a really, really appealing job for the right guy. Now, they have to make sure they get it right. They can't just make the same mistakes as certain other clubs. So the odds are as follows. Scott Parker is three to one. That's that'd be horrible. Now he has shown he can get teams promoted, but he he's just not a good manager. Uh David Wagner at four to one. Now he had obviously a good run at Huddersfield. But since then it hasn't been great for him. Um Got sacked there, went to Schalke, started quite well, and then it all fell apart. And then he was manager of Young Boys last season. And he was sacked. They'd won three league titles in a row. His mission was win the league. Uh, they were second 15 points behind FC Zurich when he was sacked. Now, he didn't do it dreadfully, but not good enough. Not good enough. Russell Martin is next. I'm not overly moved by Russell Martin. I don't think he's been particularly good with Swansea. Better this season than last season, but wouldn't be for me. Sean Dyche at 5-1. to one. I think he'll hold out for the Premier League job. I think he'll be 
fairly confident he might get the Everton job when they finally cop on and sack Lampard. Uh, just on Lampard, for Lampard to match what Steven Gerrard did at Aston Villa in terms of points total, uh, he has one game left to match Gerrard's total and he needs four points and that game is away to Man City. So, you know. Um, next up is Mark Robbins, who's, to be fair, done a very, very good job at Coventry working under extremely difficult circumstances. And I think that could be an interesting move. Now, whether or not Robbins would be interested, I don't know. Um, He does have a connection to the club, having played there from 1992 when he left Manchester United until 1995 when I believe Martin O'Neill took him to, uh, to Leicester. So, you know, he could be an option. Ralph Hasenhutl, I don't know if he'd be willing to drop down to the championship. I do like Ralph Hasenhutl. Obviously, he, he didn't quite find his way at Southampton at any point, but it's an interesting one. Uh, Kjetil Knutson, the manager of Bodo Glimt, he's long been linked with jobs in England, I think he could be a really smart addition. And if I was them, that's probably who I'd go for from this list. Uh, Chris Wilder is next. I would say no. Um, it was a disaster at Borough. And the way he was looking at other jobs openly, no, it wouldn't be for me. Um, Ryan Lowe, 16 to 1 odds. It's not a bad shout. Not a bad shout at all. He's done a pretty good job since taking over at Preston. Prior to that, I thought he did a good job with um, with Plymouth. He's someone used to working on a tight budget. He got Bury promoted. He got Plymouth promoted. Yeah, I think Ryan Lowe is somebody worth considering. Uh, Steve Bruce... And Sam Allardyce are 33 to 1. That That's horrible. They, they won't go for either of them. They won't have Gammon in Norwich. Steven Gerrard at 20 to 1 is a little bit interesting. Now, he's got a lot of work to do as a manager. But he did show some things. Now, whether they were his ideas or Michael Beale's ideas, I don't know. But Stephen Jared could be an interesting one. The name on the list that would really kind of make me curious is Kieran McKenna, but I don't think there's any chance he'd take it because he's currently the manager of Ipswich. And I don't think he would do that to Ipswich, who were the club that gave him an opportunity as a manager. So I don't see that one happening. Um but he's he's definitely a very interesting young manager to keep an eye on. Um, I do wonder if Neil Critchley might have been an option for them had he not taken the QPR job. Interesting, the QPR, by the way, appointed to Stephen Gerrard assistance back-to-back. Of that list... Knutson would be, or Knutson, I'm not sure which way it's pronounced, would be my first choice. And Mark Robbins would probably be my second choice because I don't think Kieran McKenna would do it. And then uh, Ryan Lowe as third choice. And I think I'd swerve all the rest. Dyche, I, everyone knows I like Dyche, but I don't think he'd take the job. Um, Yeah, that's... I think Dean Smith needs to take six months, take the rest of the season... Sit at home, go on holiday, you know, relax, recharge, and then come back. There'll always be Premier League, not Premier League clubs, there'll always be Championship clubs looking for a manager of Dean Smith's calibre. And I don't think he'll have any problem finding another job. But I thought taking the Norwich job, having just been sacked by Villa less than a week before, was a poor move. I, I think he did it. Almost like, a, well, if, if you don't think I'm good enough, I'm going to show you. 
And I suppose he can at least take solace in the fact that he outlasted Gerard. You know, he stayed longer at the club than Gerard stayed at Villa, but he shouldn't have taken it. It was a mistake. It was a mistake for them to appoint him as well. Um, one other bit of news. We're going to take a break and then we'll come back and we'll do all the gossip. Uh, Reese James is out for three to four weeks, a reoccurrence of the injury that cost him the World Cup. Um, not great. Not great. Seemed fairly innocuous at the time. And you'd hope that's not something that's going to become a recurring problem for a very, very talented young player. But uh, yeah, Chelsea might need to address that position in terms of bringing in a backup. Because they need one anyway, because their alternative to Reese James is Cesar Aspilicueta, who couldn't be further from Reese James as a you know playing type if he tried. They need to go and find a better backup right wing back um, or right back, someone that can do both the way James can, uh, someone that can be relied on to you know come in and and do a job. They had two great candidates in their academy, in Tariq Lamptey and Tino Livermento, and uh, neither of them are there anymore. I wonder if Lamptey could be available. He's not getting he's not getting enough game time at Brighton. His hamstrings would terrify me if I was buying him. He's already had one exploded hamstring where he tore the tendon off the bone. So I, I, I'd i be concerned about buying Tariq Lamptey, but it is notable that he's not getting much game time for De Zerbi. Um, Yeah, we'll take a break. When we come back, five days worth of gossip, five of them. So that should be fun. See you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, Guy is informing me that Chelsea have today been linked with a move for a right-back who can also play as a right-wing-back. And that is Josip Jaranovic of Celtic, um, who had a really good World Cup, is a very, very good player. I think Celtic would be open to a sale. Um, It's been rumoured since the summer that he could be off and I I think it's a good move for both parties. I don't think he's a starter quality for a club like Chelsea um, but he joined Celtic in 2021 had a really good first year I think Celtic would probably accept 12 million maybe something around there which would be good value, I think, for a player I think can be a strong backup right back for you. Now, he's a bit short, but he's very good going forward, and he's very quick, he's aggressive, and he's got no fear in him. Yeah, Yusuf Juranovic, Yusuf Juranovic could be a really good buy for um, for Chelsea. And, and like I say, I do think Celtic would be open to a sale. Now, Celtic will turn around and turn that 12 million into three players. Um, and given how Ange Postacoglu has recruited thus far, I think that's a positive thing. I mean, he brought in Juranovic. Uh, he's currently scouring Japan for more players. It looks like there's at least at least one coming in from Japan to play as a as a holding midfielder. Um, so all things considered, yeah, it's probably the right move for everybody. You know, he's given good service to Chelsea to Celtic over the last 18 months. He's clearly good enough to play at a higher level than the Scottish Premiership, but he hasn't kicked up a fuss or done any of that nonsense. He's just gotten on with his job and done his work. So yeah, uh if if that's what happens, best of luck to him. Um I think he'd be a good fit at Chelsea. Right. Let's jump into the gossip. So this is from Saturday, Christmas Eve. Manchester City are determined to win the fight for Jude Bellingham and believe that he will turn down a move to Real Madrid or Liverpool to work with Pep Guardiola. Some of these are going to be funny in hindsight, such as this one. Manchester United have opened talks with PSV Eindhoven about signing Netherlands winger Cody Gakpo. How's that one working out for you? Can we just take a moment 
to talk about my good friend, the spoofer with the catchphrase, Fabrication Romano, who went on Mark Goldbridge's YouTube channel on Christmas Eve, charging him 500 euro or 500 pounds. I'm not sure which it is, but it's 500 something. Just so we're clear, 500 quid for Fabrizio Romano to come on and lie to you for half an hour or an hour. He went on and he filled Goldbridge full of absolute lies about the situation between United and Gakpo and how Gakpo was set on United. He had decided. And then he joined Liverpool. And Romano knew nothing about it and has since been trying to pretend he was clued in all the time, like he knows all the details. Oh, Jurgen Klopp was key to... Nonsense! You know nothing, you spoofer. Al-Nazir are hopeful that they will complete the signing of Cristiano before the January transfer window opens. I'm pretty sure the transfer window doesn't apply to Saudi Arabia. I'm also pretty sure the transfer window is irrelevant when it comes to signing players who are free agents. So CBS Sports, probably Ben Jacobs, nonsense. Manchester United feel they will finally have a chance of signing Frankie de Jong in the summer, but feel Barcelona are trying to increase his value by saying he's not for sale. I'm not being funny, but Barca were desperate to get rid of Frankie in the summer. Like, desperate. Desperate to get rid of him. And it was Frankie who turned down United over and over again. Newcastle are interested in signing Marcus Turam. I think that would be a good signing. He's a good player. And he's had a contract in the summer and he'd be at a you know at a good a good price. Um certainly, you know, a, a good squad addition. Barcelona have no intention to sell Frank Kessie or Hector Bellerin in January, according to the spoofer with the catchphrase. So in all likelihood, both of them will move in the January transfer window. Paris Saint-Germain are interested in bringing in Real Madrid's 26-year-old Spain winger, Marco Asensio. It's actually mad that Asensio is still only 26. Uh, he's actually having a pretty decent season, but he hasn't been the same player since he tore his ACL. Arsenal are leading the race to sign Joe Felix. I don't believe that to be true. Leicester manager Brendan Rodgers expects the club to resist any offers for 26-year-old England midfielder James Madison in January. Madison is out of contract in 2024. It would be in Leicester's best interest to sell this month. You'll get the best value for him. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain want Fred, despite the Old Trafford club, Manchester United, um, triggering a 12-month contract extension in his deal. Um, Fred at Paris Saint-Germain would be a pretty decent fit next to Verratti where he could just do like the dog work. But they had Ginny Wijnaldum and it proved too much for him. I'm not sure Fred could do it all by himself. Chelsea are closing in on the signing of David Datro Fafana and Andre Gomes, as I mentioned earlier on. Andre Santos, rather. Uh, DC United have reached a verbal agreement over a move for Leeds and Poland midfielder Matthias Glish. Makes sense for him to move on. Steve Parrish says the club are, says Crystal Palace are looking to make loan signings in January rather than bringing in players on permanent deals. That's interesting. I wonder if that has anything to do with their uncertain ownership situation where Harris and Blitzer, for certain, are trying to buy Liverpool. And there may be um, John Texter joining them in that bid to buy Liverpool. So it's possible that three of the big owners at Palace could be moving out. Uh, I, if I was them, I'd be looking to loan in wan I've said that before. AC Milan are set to meet with Rafael Liao and offer a new deal worth five times his current salary. I think he should stay there. I think he's developed well. Germany striker Yusofa Makoko has admitted he was shocked to see reports that his wage demands have led to, con- to a contract standoff with Borussia Dortmund. Um, I think he just wants to go and play regularly somewhere. I, I think he should probably stay at Dortmund. I think him and Adeyemi together 
that's what Dortmund should be like looking to build around those two, because that's a pairing that could be lethal for club and country. Brazilian winger Tete, who is technically contracted to Shakhtar Donetsk, but on loan at Lyon, could make a permanent move in January. He's a decent player. Arsenal are to trigger the con- uh, trigger an extension in the contract of Charlie Patino, currently on loan at Blackpool. Makes sense. I think it's a two-year extension that they're triggering there. He is sensationally talented. Right, Christmas Day gossip then. This is always going to be nonsense. Aston Villa are willing to sell Philippe Coutinho. Everybody knows that. That's not really gossip. Unai Emery does not want to work with Emiliano Martinez and is keen to offload the World Cup winner next month. That's from that awful Spanish um, outlet that are always wrong about everything. Liverpool could give up on trying to sign Jude Bellingham because they believe getting a deal done is proving too complicated. That is from AS, who are a Spanish outlet who cheerlead Real Madrid on the regular. And that's largely what the link is there, that they're trying to make out that he's going to go to Real. He may go to Real, but I don't think Liverpool will give up. Chelsea are best placed to sign Declan Rice as he enters the last 18 months of his contract. Of course, he's not entering the last 18 months of his contract because West Ham have an option to extend his contract for a year. Atletico Madrid have agreed personal terms with Cagda Sianchu until 2027, and the 26-year-old could join as early as January, even though he only becomes a free agent next July. It's Nick. It's Nicolo Shearer. He's very hit and miss. So, you know. Chelsea will have to make Josko Gvardiol the most expensive defender in history if they are to sign the Croatia International in January or next summer or the following January or the following summer. For you to get him at a decent price, you're likely going to have to wait until the summer or sorry, the January of 2025. Such is the buyout in his contract. That's why they've moved on to Badi Ashile. Um, which is actually the next piece here. Uh, Liverpool and Tottenham are among the Premier League sides ready to submit contract offers to Milan Skriniar. I don't believe Liverpool will have interest in him, but he'd be a great signing for Spurs. You put him in the middle of their back three with Romero on the right and go get someone like Piero Hincapié from Bayer Leverkusen, the Ecuadorian centre-back. That all of a sudden is a really strong back three. Uruguay striker Luis Suarez is set to join Brazilian club Gremio on a two-year deal. He's really close friends with Lucas Leiva. Lucas Leiva is there. That's probably the reason for that. Uh, Atletico Madrid are willing to let Joao Felix leave on loan for Premier League club, so long as the financial fair play side, financial fair play costs of his contract are taken care of by the other side. I don't really know what that means. Angers and Morocco midfielder Asadine Onahi has said he has yet to decide his future despite interest from Leicester, Leeds and West Ham. Uh, it looks like Napoli are currently the favourites to get him. Tottenham are attracting interests interest rather in Spain winger and uh, Spain winger Brian Hill and Senegal midfielder Papi Matar Sar. They'd be nuts to sell either of them, but loans might not be the worst move. Tottenham are long-term advir- admirers of Adama Traore, but Julian Lopetegui hopes to have the Spanish winger sign a new contract. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is not expecting the club to sell James Madison. Newcastle are making progress on agreeing a new contract worth £200,000 a week. Bruno Gomeros. Unfortunately, unfortunately for Newcastle fans, that news is coming from Wayne Vesey, who, as we know, is a spoofer. Benfica have offered a new two-year deal to Argentina centre-back Nicolas Otamendi, who is at a contract in the summer and wants to continue playing in Europe, but negotiations are not advanced. If they've offered him a, a two-year deal, negotiations are advanced. That's how it works, Fabrizio. Stop lying. He hasn't been offered anything, has he? Spain left back Marcus Alonso is in is on it is on the verge of signing an improved contract at Barcelona. He's been garbage. Why would you give him an improved contract? He's been awful. Jesus wept. No wonder they're always in a financial mess. Uh, moving on to Monday's gossip. 
Arsenal have agreed a deal in principle for Mikhailo Mudrik. No, they have not. Uh, like I said, Nicolo Shira, a hit or miss, probably mostly miss, and probably spoofer. Probably spoofer. We'll have to. We're going to have to create the Fabrizio Romano scale of spoofing, and we'll we'll grade them like one to five, but we'll name all the grades. So like five would be a Romano, four would be a Guillaume Balaga. Three, I'm thinking Christian Folk. Two would be. Do you know what? Five might not be. We might have to add in a level six for people like Pedro Almeida who aren't really real people and aren't journalists at all. And that weird guy who is a is a, a Barcelona journalist that nobody's ever seen him write anything. He's been on Twitter for years. You know the guy I'm talking about. You've seen him pop up in your timeline. Um, level two might be Jan Agafjortoft. And level one is like the type of person that says something like John Cross. And you just think you've made that up because you're an idiot and you've got no track record of ever, ever getting anything right. Um, anyway, Real Madrid, Chelsea and Manchester City have all made Josco Guardiol their number one transfer target. I, I think he might end up staying at Leipzig for another year and then going to Real, but I could be wrong. Tottenham and Liverpool are among a host of... They're not signing. Liverpool are not going to sign Milan Skriniar. Arsenal are close to agreeing a new contract for Gabriel Martinelli. Probably a smart move. Tottenham are monitoring Manuel Ugarte's Manuel situation at Sporting Lisbon with a 20, 21-year-old Uruguay defender struggling to agree a new deal. First of all, he's a midfielder. I don't think there is a Manuel Ugarte situation um, at Sporting, if I'm being honest. He's contracted till 2026. He only joined in 2021. There's no Manuel Ugarte contract situation. It's nonsense. Um, Saudi Arabian club Al Nazir are interested in signing N'Golo Kante. So they want Cristiano and N'Golo Kante. You literally could not find two opposing personalities to put together. Uh, Newcastle, Juventus and Borussia Dortmund are among a number of clubs. Considering a move for Real Valladolid's Spain under 19 right back, Ivan Fresnada. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't seen him play. 18, six foot tall, former Real Madrid Academy player. Yeah. Wolves are targeting targeting a new goalkeeper in January to provide competition for Jose Sarr. It's not a bad idea. Aston Villa have opened talks with Villarreal over a deal for Arnett Danjuma. I don't think that's true, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did have interest, considering how well he worked under Emery at uh, Villarreal. Inter Milan are considering a move for Chris Smalling. That one's been doing the rounds for a while. Newcastle have opened talks with Flamengo over a deal for 18-year-old Brazil midfielder Matthias Franca. I don't know who the player is. Let us have a gander. Um, attacking midfielder. Again, he's 18, six foot tall. He's got six goals in 24 games this past season. Brazil under 16 international doesn't appear to have been capped after that. Who knows if these things are true? Um, like that, that there's interest. It might just be that you know, a newspaper's putting two and two together because they were interested in Andre Santos and didn't get him. Tottenham are interested in signing Pedro Poro from Sporting Lisbon. He's excellent. England goalkeeper Jordan Pickford is happy to extend his contract at Everton. Uh, they would do well to just sell him. Sell him. Find a sucker and sell him. Chelsea are considering making a move for Joe Felix, which could see him arrive on loan with an option or obligation to buy. Now, my problem here is if you're signing in Kunku, and you have Sterling, and you have Havertz, and you add Felix, who exactly is scoring you the goals? And where are you playing Mason Mount? Are you going to play 4-3-3 and push Mount back into midfield? Fair enough. 
fair enough. But who's your holding midfielder? Who's doing the defensive work? Is that what you're going to buy Declan Rice to do? Because if it is, God bless. Al Nazir have scheduled a medical for Cristiano. Arsenal have submitted a £55 million bid for Mikhailo Mudrik. Way overvalued. Borussia Dortmund and England midfielder Jude Bellingham remains Liverpool's main transfer target, despite the club moving ahead of Manchester United in the battle to sign Cody Gakpo. Well, what, what would Gakpo have to do with impacting Bellingham? One is a midfielder in Bellingham and one is a forward player in Gakpo. Um, David Moyes says West Ham will not just roll over and let Declan Rice leave in the summer. You probably won't be there, but they will just roll over and let him leave. Uh, Ajax have contacted Brentford and Spain goalkeeper David Rea over a potential January move. If I got a good offer for him, I'd probably take him. I think Strakosha is a better keeper. Barcelona are no longer willing to sell Frankie de Jong. Everton are among a number of Premier League clubs showing interest in Anthony Alanga. Everton have enough midfielders that don't, enough, sorry, enough wingers that don't really produce anything in Damari Gray, Dwight McNeil, and Anthony Gordon, who, by the way, not selling in the summer when you were offered £45 million plus add ons, is probably the most Everton of Everton stupidity. Portugal forward Rafael Leao says he would like to test himself in the Premier League in the future, but for now he's 100% focused on AC Milan. Brentford, Fulham and Aston Villa have all made offers for Jean Duran of Chicago Fire, but it is Benfica who are in pole position to sign the 19-year-old Colombian. Uh, Chelsea are in advanced talks to sign Benoit Badiashile. See, here's the issue with the BBC. This is being credited to the spoofer with the catchphrase, David Ornstein broke this news, not the spoofer. Chelsea have made a record, sorry, have made an offer of 115 million to Benfica for Enzo Fernandez. I don't believe that to be true. And also that guy's name is Zach Lowy, not Zach Lowry. Uh, Everton have yet to sign off on a five-year contract that has been agreed with Jordan Pickford and that has alerted Chelsea, Manchester United and Tottenham. My guess, my guess is that they're worried about relegation and that's why they've held back. Arsenal have had their £55 million offer for Mikhailo Mudrik rejected by Shakhtar Donetsk, but are expecting to make a fresh offer. Like, you're already paying above value there. Napoli are hoping to tie up a permanent deal for Tanguy Endembele who's been on loan with them from Tottenham since August, and he's done pretty well, to be fair. Real Madrid are planning a move for Alfonso Davies. I don't believe that to be true. I also don't think he'll leave. Uh, Tottenham are set to break the transfer record for a female player in the Women's Super League after England forward Bet England. England forward Bet England. Is that her? Okay. Uh, Agreed to join them from... Chelsea for £250,000. You can see the disparity between the women's game and the men's game in terms of finances when this is the record fee between Premier League clubs or women's Premier League clubs. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Certainly got a decent... Goal scoring record, not spectacular, I would say, for Chelsea. Um, came through the, at Doncaster Bells. Yeah. Manchester United are focused on loan signings to add to their attack after going over budget in the summer when they spent in excess of £200 million on a garden gnome and a music box ballerina. Oh, no, it doesn't say that last bit. I just added that. If Newcastle could try to sign Jorginho in the summer when he was out of contract, that'd be an awful signing. Awful. Uh, Lille fourth Jonathan David has been linked with Chelsea and Manchester United, and the 22-year-old says every player would want to play in the Premier League. He is a very Manchester United type of forward. Uh, Virgil van Dijk spoke to Cody Gakpo to convince him to join the Reds from PSV Eindhoven, with a deal having been agreed between the two clubs. Leeds, Leeds United are preparing an offer for Maximilian Wober from Red Bull Salzburg. He's okay. 
He's okay. He wouldn't be the defender I'd go and buy, but he is better than Liam Cooper. And he's still young. He's bounced around a lot, though. I mean, Salzburg must be his fourth club at least. And he's 24. Rapid Vienna, Ajax, Sevilla, Salzburg. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll be 25 in February. Mm. He's poor at Sevilla. He was there on loan, but he was poor. Wasn't great for Ajax. He wouldn't be the one I'd go for, but he is he is decent. Former Fulham and Bournemouth manager Scott Parker is the favourite to become the next manager of Norwich. I just I don't know. No, no, no. Um Atletico Madrid and Sevilla are interested in signing Nicholas Otamendi. Okay. I don't know why, but you know, he won a World Cup, so maybe that maybe that improves him. Um Guy Drinkle, I will have no I will have no slander of Indy Kayla on this podcast. Absolutely not. Uh Indy is a man of the people. Indy sets the gold standard in, you know, football transfer spoofing. Um Inter my Inter Milan are trying to fight off competition from several Premier League clubs to sign Marcus Turam. And there we go. That's it. That's all the gossip. We're caught up. Tomorrow, if I feel in the mood, we might have a look at those games. But, you know, otherwise we might just come on and chat a little nonsense for an hour. I might just come on and slander some of the football that I've seen over the last few days because it's been an atrocity. Every game, I would say every Premier League game had at least one catastrophic performance. And most of them had an entire team that was just an abomination. So there we go. I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.